Hello, this is Richard Bennett, known among you as Peter Bennett for 21 years. I'm speaking to you, the beloved Trinidadian, and I am in a special way speaking to the people of Grandi. It is in recent times, I'm speaking in 2005, that I've been hearing from uh, people in Grandi who have come to the full knowledge of Christ Jesus in the Gospel and who have become completely accepted in the sight of God in the glorious salvation that is in Christ Jesus. And this is such a joy to my heart because I had worked among you as a parish priest of St. Francis there in Grandi and I had course, of course served in Valencia which is part of the Santo Grande parish. It was from Valencia that I first of all received uh, communication letters and um, word from different people in Valencia some years ago as they had come to biblical faith and it was such a joy to me at that stage. But now I've been hearing from Grandi itself and it is a joy to my heart to know that those that I had served there as a parish priest in Grandi have now come to the full knowledge of Christ Jesus in the Gospel. I say this because it was 20 years ago that I left Grandi and I went to Piaco Airport and I flew to Barbados and then to uh, Canada. It was with a heavy heart because I had tried for seven years to give the message as I was discerning it in the scriptures while I was parish priest of Grandi, but I did not get to the precise gospel message that at the very end I discovered. But I had not really preached the clear biblical message. I had searched for the truth while I was in Grandi. It was in 1981 when I was serving as a parish priest in San Grande, having come back from a trip to New Orleans in the United States uh, where I was seeking to deepen my commitment to the Catholic Church, but at the same time I was deepening my love for Scripture and there was this huge struggle inside myself. And I had, um, you may remember, if you were in the parish at that time, I had removed from the church the statues, even the statue of St. Martin de Porres, and um, I had um, carefully wrapped up the Sacred Heart statue and the one of Mary and put them in a press, but I actually had the sex and break the other statues and we buried them in the back uh, yard. But um, it was a great struggle to me because um, the Archbishop, it was Anthony Patton at the time, called me and he said we were good friends, and but did I not know what the canon law said, 1188, the practice of displaying images in the churches for the veneration of the faithful is to remain in force. Now, I didn't know it word for word at the time. I knew that the Catholic Church upheld uh, having statues to proclaim who Christ was and Mary, and people prayed before the statues, and... Um, I was seeing that the scripture said, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. And I was really torn. And that was a part of the, the search, the deep search that I was to make while there among the precious people of Grandi. So I'm speaking in a special way to those of Sangrachiquito, Vega de Arapush, and... Uh, coal mine 
and uh, Matura and Komaka. Yes, way up in Komaka, I had at the very end when I was coming to a deeper knowledge of the scriptures I had told the people of Kumaka again and again what it meant in Ephesians chapter 1 to be accepted in the beloved and then Ephesians 2 for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast I used to say in Kumaka, this is the New Covenant, this is the message of the New Testament, but I was really struggling at the time and I was not giving a clear trumpet message because I was still, of course, practicing the sacraments and thinking that grace somehow was pumped out through the sacraments. Um, I was thinking that the sacraments are the means by which grace comes to an individual and I did not see it at the time as a distinctive act of God like it says in chapter 3 of Romans being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus what could be more clear than what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 3 and verse 24. I was not seeing it as clearly at the time. It has been a joy to me to hear from the people of coal mine. I even have had an email from coal mine. Uh, it was a surprise to me, but there I recognized the name uh, a family who used to come to the community center where I said mass for the people of coal mine and it was a joy to me to hear from coal mine and um, you do not have to have email you can just write to me I'll give my address at the end of this message and I would love to hear from you or if you do have email I'll give email address and of course I have a web page and you can email me from the webpage address. But I remember in coal mine particularly, uh, like in Kumaka, I remember trying to explain to people the struggle that went on inside me. For so many years I had looked inside myself from when I was a young boy that I could be good and made holy by receiving the sacraments and becoming more and more gradually sanctified as I went and took the host and as I went to confession and did the different um, things, staying off um, candy when I was a young boy, uh, staying off sweet drinks and that sort of thing so that I could offer up my sacrifices. These were the ways in which I thought somebody became holy. And then it was there in my last years in Grandi that I really began to see in Ephesians chapter 1 it continually talks about blessed in, with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly place in Christ and that concept in Christ is repeated 42 times in chapter 1 and 2 of the wonderful letter that Paul wrote to the people of Ephesians. It is my heart's desire that you would read those two chapters. Uh, precious uh, people there, the precious person I'm speaking to now in Grandi and in different parts of Trinidad because of course there are different other places that are dear to my heart but today Grandi in particular. I remember then in coal mine speaking and explaining you know I have for so many years uh, seen salvation inside my own heart and now as I look at scripture I see that the Apostle Paul saw that salvation was not in the human heart it is in Christ and this has been a struggle for me because the scriptures are so clear that salvation is in him 
Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6, accepted in the Beloved, unless we can be accepted in Christ Jesus by the grace of God, by the act of God, as we trust on Christ Jesus, we cannot be right before the All-Holy God. Would to God that I had said it that clearly to the people of coal mine. I had struggled with it and I had used the terminology of seeking for the new covenant understanding. I had used that very wording while I was in coal mine trying to explain to the precious people of coal mine what my heart was searching for. But by God's grace I have found what I searched for those years and I would have loved to have been able to share this with you before I actually left in uh, 1985. But I had to leave because I saw that there was no way I could continue to baptize babies so that they could become Christian. The Lord Jesus Christ gave the commandment that we were to preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who believes not will be damned. It all focuses and centers around faith, not a sacrament. It all centers around whoever believes will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be damned. Now, baptism is, of course, a real important uh, obedience to Christ as a testimony that we have as adults been convicted or as young people sufficiently knowledgeable that you are a sinner before the All-Holy God have been convicted, then you give testimony to your faith by public baptism. But it is not the washing away of sin on a infant. I had tried and those who were there in the parish while I was parish would remember that I used plenty of water. I always had a big jug to pour right over the baby's head. Later on I even insisted that we had a plastic a bowl, plastic tub in which we put the babies and immerse them and some people thought it quite strange that I was insisting on immersion and uh, I was trying to do as much as I could understand at the time. I did not understand that it. it is not baby salvation, it is salvation as you are convicted of your sin before the All-Holy God. Now I can hear you asking, when did you get convicted? Because um, you were still struggling and uh, I think it was quite obvious that I was struggling at the end. I was under a lot of tension and I was seeking for years to know the truth and still I was only partially coming to know it. When did I actually come to the biblical knowledge of salvation. It was just about two months before I left Grandy in September 1985. I was reading again Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 and I saw in chapter 2 but you being dead in trespasses and sins or to read it in the actual words of the Bible I was reading at the time, that is the New Jerusalem Bible, but you were dead through the crimes and sins in which you used to live when you were following the ways of this world. I could see that I was spiritually dead and it was not a question of trying to make myself better in any way that I had to be made right with God. It was like the light went on. I saw that spiritually I was dead. I had always considered myself a good person and 
those who knew me knew that I was constantly going door to door. Um, I would go to see the sick. I would go to the hospital. I would go back again and again to the hospital. I remember so many times at Grandy Hospital uh, with uh, people who had attempted suicide and most of whom died afterwards. I would stay at the bedside sometimes for hours. And people knew how I really tried to be good. And I thought that this good must mount up to something. Somehow that was at the back of my mind. And then I saw that before the all-holy God, we are dead. We cannot merit anything. We have a sin nature. We have been born with a sin nature. And then above that we have personal sin. And even one sin makes us unacceptable before the All-Holy God. And so these words, reading from the Jerusalem Bible, but you were dead through crime, the crimes and sins in which you used to live. I saw that this was true for me, and that was the turning point. Because one evening there in the old presbytery that was just at the back of um, the church of St. Francis. I have been told that it has been changed since now, but that's the way it was then. I was upstairs and I got on my face before God and I cried out to God. I said, Father in heaven, I have tried for years to live a good life. I have tried to go to the sacraments. I have tried to to become a priest, I have become a priest, I've tried to serve people, but I know that inside myself I do not have peace with you. And I know that your word says that I am spiritually dead. I recognize I'm spiritually dead. Give me the gift of faith to trust Christ and Him alone. Give me the surety to know that I am in Him. Give me peace, Father, that I may know you truly as Father, and not just as the All-Holy God, that I may know you and be accepted in the Beloved, in Christ Jesus. And I went on praying, and then I cried on the floor on the carpet in the upstairs part of the house, and then I began to say yes. Father in heaven, I trust in Christ and Christ alone. I trust on Him. I trust on Him for salvation. I trust on Him to be right before you, cleansed of all sin, and to be perfect, to accept His righteousness, as you say so beautifully in the letter of Paul to the Ephesians that Christ's righteousness is upon all them that believe. And it was from that time onward that my life really changed and I really began to clearly or more clearly give the message but then I was told that I had to leave Grandy and um, it was a very short time that I had. I only had three weeks. I did not have full time to go and say goodbye to the people in Kumaka. I did reach Natura and um, Valencia and other places, but I was not able to say goodbye to all the people that I wanted to say goodbye to. I was seeing there in the Bible, the New Jerusalem Bible, but God loved us so much that he was generous with his mercy. When we were dead through our sins, he brought us to life with Christ. And then I read on, because it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not by anything of your own, but by a gift from God, not by anything that you have done, so that nobody can claim the credit. Reading there, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 from the Bible, the very Bible that I read back in Trinidad. And this is my message to you now. I pray that you would know the grace of God, that you would come to biblical salvation. There's so many 
who are now complete Catholic. That is, they have reached the desire that was in them if they were devout and sincere Catholics of wanting to please God. This is happening across the world and I am happy to have had uh, correspondence from even some people there in Grande who have told me that they are now sure of their salvation and that they now are biblical Christians. And I thank God for that and I pray that this will be the same for you as you listen that you would listen most of all to the word of the Lord for the Lord tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but should have everlasting life it is not God's will that you perish and it is really sad but if we continue in our traditions, in our sacraments, and in our all the uh, paraphernalia that has been handed on by tradition, we will die in our sins. And now how can I say this? Is this not hurtful? Christ Jesus himself said to the Pharisees, if you remain in your traditions, you will die in your sins. That is not the exact wording if you do not believe that I am he you will die in your sins but uh, the whole import behind it as he condemned them from their traditions was that if they continued to hold to their traditions and did not believe that he was who he said he was as he proclaimed so clearly in John chapter 6 verse 29 this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent it is God's work it is his grace it is his commandment that you believe on him whom he has sent and if the Pharisees did not believe on him whom God had sent the one who said I am if they did not believe that, they would die in their sins. And the same is true for you. If you are Catholic, and if you have not come to the conviction that you are dead in trespasses and sins, as the scripture says of all of us, if you have not come to the conviction that you are a sinner before the All-Holy God, well then cry out to God to show you. And then see that you can declare and profess your faith as Christ Jesus has commanded each one of us to do. This is the work of God that you personally believe on him whom he has sent. And when you profess your faith, you know then the surety and the joy of being in Christ. And you will be able to find good fellowship of other believers. There are other groups there in in Grandi and there are groups in Valencia, coal mine, Matura of Bible believing Christians and you can have fellowship with them, but most of all you have what the Apostle John spoke about. You have fellowship with the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit. You have peace with God. That is the deepest of all fellowships, that you have peace with God. You have the joy of the Lord in your heart. You know what it is to be a Christian. And you have what the Apostle Peter said, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because, in the words of Peter, he bore our sins on his body on the tree. Precious listener, please see that that is personally true for you as you realize that you are not in any position to be good enough before the All-Holy God and as you realize that there is no church that can save you. There's no rituals and no sacraments of any church that can save you. It is God's work. This is the record that he has given us 
everlasting life, and that everlasting life is in the Son, in the words of the Apostle John, that we know that the Son of God has come and given us assurance that we are in Him that is true, even in the Son, Jesus Christ. And he finishes with the words of First John 5, Little children, keep yourself from idols. Do not believe anything else. Salvation is in Christ and Christ alone. So it is a joy to share with you, and uh, I ask that you would write to me. It has been a joy to hear from a few people and my heart is with you. It has been 20 years ago since I left Beloved Trinidad. And I would love to hear too from people in uh, the South. Uh, you know that I had a great love for those in the South. From Caratal, uh, we uh, would, um, people would remember me from uh, yeah, from different places like um, Gasparillo, that was beyond Gasparillo was speaking about before that, and uh, of course St. Margaret's Grayson's Park, Point of Pier, and on and on, Claxton Bay. Uh, I have uh, two radio messages on the reverse side of this tape that I made some years ago on 610 Radio in Trinidad. And this was me uh, a few years ago sharing my heart with you, the Trinidadian, which I continue to do so. This tape will end as I will give directions how you can contact me and I would dearly delight and take joy in the Lord to hear from you. But most of all, whether I hear from you or not, the most important thing is to cry out to God. Trust in Christ and Christ alone. Know that you're a sinner before the All-Holy God, but that righteousness, forgiveness, peace, and security are in a person. For by grace that you have been saved through faith, not by anything of your own, but by a gift from God. Not by anything that you have done, so that no one can claim the credit. And to God be the glory. Amen and Amen. My email address is rbennettatstick.net that is the letter R, B E N N E T T, at S T I C dot net. My mailing address is Richard Bennett, PO Box 192, Del Valley, two words, D E L V A L L E, T X for Texas. 78617 USA would love to hear from you and if you wish to see some of the things I've written you can go to our webpage it is bereanbeacon.org b-e-r-e-a-n b-e-a-c-o-n one word dot org thank you and may the Lord abundantly bless you I am asked to give an example of grace. I've already given a definition of it, G-R-A-C-E, God's righteousness at Christ's expense. An example would be, if somebody came to your home, they came in, broke and stole what you have in your riches and your jewels or your money or whatever, they completely and utterly ruined your wares, your table, your furniture. They just made a ramsack out of your home. And then if they mutilated and damaged your children and left your home 
this has not only been a thief, but somebody who has insulted you, who has mutilated your family, and has devastated your property. And later on, you find out who the person was, and if you went up to their home, knocked on the door and said, I forgive you completely what you have done, I will not report you to the police, go free. That would be showing mercy to the person where they deserved no mercy. But, if you found where the person lived and went up to their home and said, I not only forgive you, but I would like you to share in my own family inheritance. I want you to be legally part of the inheritance that I have, that what is my family becomes part of your inheritance. I want you to be legally united with me so that you share in what I have. I forgive you and I want to grace you with what is my own. That would be grace as we know it in the Bible. Now this is a most outlandish example and it takes an outlandish example to explain what the grace of God is. Because in the words of Scripture, Romans 3 and 23, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, verse 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so the absurd or ridiculous example that I gave is in fact what is our own case before God. We have been born children of Adam with a tainted, corrupt nature. We all have our own personal sin and we have sinned against God. We are all on the highway to hell. And that is the way that our mind and our will is inclined. When we do things freely, we do it in ignorance or in ridicule or just in defiance against God or as probably is most the case, just in indifference, well, I'm not interested. Because that is our sin nature. We have, by our carelessness or by our lack of interest, we have slighted and shown a sinfulness unto God. And the same Lord now comes to you and says, I offer you freely the redemption that is in Christ Jesus my Son. I offer to you freely and without payment the forgiveness that is mine together with the righteousness and the inheritance of what it is to be a son of God or a daughter of God. And so the example, while it is outlandish, fits what scripture says. Romans 3 and 21 but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe, for there is no difference. And so you say, well, I come from a background that I know nothing of all this Christian stuff. I, my family and my family tree and all my ancestors are in no way connected with what you speak about in the Bible. There is no difference. This is given to all humankind. 
And the Lord says his invitation to you in his own book, the Bible. He says, come now, let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as wool. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be whiter than snow. The Lord's personal word to you this evening. Personal unto you. And he says also to you, Whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. These words fit you just as they have fitted me in my life. And he says, Whosoever cometh unto him, he will in no wise cast out, for he is able also to save unto the uttermost them that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. The Lord is free in his giving of grace. He is lavish. He is bountiful. And no matter what your sins are, there is no distinction. Because we have all sinned against the Holy God and he freely gives unto you the waters of life. And you may say, well, I'm more like the in real life like the man who stole and um, who just devastated that family. I have sinned and I've sinned seriously. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, I came not to save the righteous but sinners. He came into the world. And you may say, well, my sin is a, a religious sin. I have been pharisaical. I have been like the Pharisees of old, trying to justify myself in my self-righteousness. And the Lord says, Come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden. Because this religiosity, as I know so well in my own life, is often the most clinging of garments and difficult to throw off. But the Lord says, Believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved. He comes to you with his offer of grace. He comes to you that you may have peace with God. When you go into chapter 5 of Romans, it says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. We have no dread of the words of Matthew where it says, Depart from me, ye cursed. Because we know now that we have been not only forgiven, but we have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. We are not ashamed of the gospel because we know it has the power of salvation in it. We know who our Lord is and we know that he is able. And it is not that we look to our weakness or to our past or to the things that we have done or to the weakness of our nature. We look to him who is our strength. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. We know the power of God. And he is one that shows in real life what his grace is. We experience and we see the full power of the transformation 
of God's free grace. Oh man, how great it is. The famous John Newton wrote the words of the song Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Cry out to the Lord for that grace. It is by grace alone that we are saved. Through faith, unto the glory of God, and in Christ Jesus. The very basic peanuts of faith. It is by His grace alone and to His glory alone. And it is here for you this evening. This evening, now is the hour of salvation. Come before the Lord. Ask Him to transform you and He is faithful and true. And then you will sing His praises all the days of your life. You will sing glory unto the Lord and you will know personally the abundant life that he gives to you. This is the message of the Lord for you. Ask him to transform you this evening and to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today I want to dedicate this message to the beloved people of Caratal. I have many precious memories of Caratal and today I speak especially to you and to another precious place, maybe unknown to many Trinidadians, but until you know Ben Loman and the wonderful folk of Ben Loman, you really do not know Trinidad. So today's message also dedicated to the beloved people of Ben Loman. If you want to discover where Ben Loman is, ask the people of either Castrillo or Marbella. Last week we were talking about the distinctives of a biblical Christian and we noted that there are five. A biblical Christian holds to the authority only of the Bible, the Bible only, and that salvation is by grace only and through faith only. And in Christ Jesus only is salvation, in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ and to God only be the glory. To sum them up quickly, the Bible only, grace only, faith only, in Christ only, and to God only be the glory. The five distinctives of a biblical Christian. Today I want to dwell on the fourth of these five, and that is in Christ only. The Bible is absolutely clear that it is only in the name of Christ Jesus that there is salvation. For example, in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, verse 12, it is said, Neither is there salvation in any other, and there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is only in Christ. And the same thing the Apostle Paul declared emphatically in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2 quotation, For I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11, for other foundation 
can no man lay than is laid, which is Christ Jesus. And the Lord himself speaking to the Pharisees who tried to look unto their traditional ways rather than to him, Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone, he said, I say therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins if ye believe not that I am he. Ye shall die in your sins. And this is serious. Rejection of him means eternal death. We have to therefore see the consistency of the message in the Bible. And it is right the way through. For example, in chapter 1 of Ephesians, we're told of the blessings that we have. Chapter 1, verse 3, In Christ, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And, for example, also verse 5, having predestinated us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. And how are we made accepted? In whom are we made to be accepted? In verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved that is in Christ Jesus and in verse 10 that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ and verse 11 says, In whom, that's in Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance. And we go on in verse 12 to say, or to read what the Word of God says, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. And on and on. The Bible declares again and again that it is in Christ and in Him only that we are saved. This is a precious truth. It is the redeeming truth that there is no other name given under heaven by which we shall be saved. Any church system, therefore, that tries to add to this doctrine that makes it not to be in Christ Jesus only but adds salvation in any other name frustrates the very salvation that ought to be yours and we say the words of Galatians chapter 2 verse 21 I do not frustrate the grace of God for if righteousness come by the law then Christ is dead in vain. We do not want Christ to be dead in vain for you. If you add to Christ's one and only sacrifice, his one and only salvation, salvation in any other name, you frustrate the very salvation. You make it null and void. And therefore this seriousness of what is taught in the official teachings of Vatican Council II, Flannery Edition, page 66, volume 1, exact quotation, in Christ the Redeemer himself, the satisfactions and merits of his redemption exist and find their efficacy. 
this treasure includes as well the prayers and good works of the Blessed Virgin Mary. They are truly immense, unfathomable, and even pristine in their value before God. In the treasury too are the prayers and good works of all the saints and all those who have followed in the footsteps of Christ the Lord and by His grace have made their lives holy and carried out the mission the Father entrusted to them. In this way they attained their own salvation and at the same time cooperated in saving their brothers in the unity of the mystical body. We have to say no, no, a thousand times no. You cannot add to what Christ has done. You cannot make it in some other people's name, in the name of saints or even of the beloved believer Mary. No, no, a thousand times no. We cannot say, and thus they attained their own salvation. Nobody attains their own salvation. It is only in Christ. And so this seriousness of trying to add some other name, be it the glorious name of the wonderful believer Mary, no, we are not saved in Mary or in the works of the saints. We are saved only in Christ Jesus. And so you see the reason for being a biblical Christian, the distinctives that we hold to the Bible teaching so that salvation is effective, that we do not frustrate the grace of Christ, so that we are saved and that the life of Christ Jesus is evident in us. And this evidence of the life of Christ Jesus in us is paramount that it is not just in Christ Jesus that we are saved but we having been justified we are made a new creature in him we get a new heart a holy righteous nature like unto his and so it is said in 1st John chapter 5 and verse 18 we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not when you are born of God you do not continue in sin and in 1st John 2 and 29 if ye know that he is righteous ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him the good tree shows forth good fruit we know the born again man or woman by the good fruit that they produce that is Matthew 7 and 17 and we know that in Galatians 5 and 24 that we who are in Christ that we who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts Galatians 5 and 24 and that they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts we live unto God we have fellowship with him and we walk not in darkness but we walk in the light the importance of knowing that we are in Christ and knowing the fruitfulness of this and so the Bible only that is the authority saved by grace through faith only saved in Christ only and to God only be the glory glory be to his precious name I pray that you will come before him that you will call upon him in heaven who is no respecter of persons that ye be saved that you be saved by the precious blood of Christ Jesus and to him and to him only be the glory forever and ever Amen That was me speaking to you the Trinidadian some years ago on 610 radio but it is the 
same message I give to you today and I ask you to look to Christ Jesus and to the free gift that is His by grace. When I was in the south in Gasparillo, Marabella, Pointe Pier, Claxton Bay and um, of course beyond Claxton Bay in Diamond and Springvale and of course St. Margaret's and Paisons Park as well that are a whole part of that area. I went door to door uh, as I always did in each parish and I tried to share. I read in the Jerusalem Bible in those days Ephesians and I read Romans 3 Romans 3.24 in particular but Jew and pagan sinned and forfeited God's glory and both are justified through the free gift of his grace by being redeemed in Christ Jesus who was appointed by God to sacrifice his life to win reconciliation through faith. Would to God that I had preached as clearly as it was in the pages of Scripture. I did not see that it was not sacraments and rituals. It was a free gift, even though it was there in the very Bible that I read. I did not understand, but I thank God that there are many there in the South who now know this, and I thank God that I hear from some of these, and it is a joy to me to know of many there in the South coming to biblical faith, just as my years in Mayaro, there I lived in Radix, but in uh, Mayaro proper, and going into Artbar, and Mafekin and Guayaguiari and uh, the different parts of that part of Trinidad where I had desired that the young people know Christ. I long to hear from you there in the south just as from any place in Trinidad. So my P.O. Box, please write to P.O. Box 192 Del Valley, D-E-L-V-A-L-L-E, that's two words, Texas, 78617 USA, or email me at R-B-E-N-N-E-T-T at S-T-I-C dot net, or go to our webpage, bereanbeacon.org, B-E-R-E-A-N-B-E-A-C-O-N dot org, or just put my name in the search engine, Richard Bennett, even though I was known as you, with you as Peter Bennett, put Richard Bennett in the search engine, and you should find me and where to get to our webpage. Love to hear from you. It is a joy to speak to you, and may the Lord be glorified now and forevermore. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 731, 
writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.